welcome to the Negotiation Society podcast Inside My Head with me, Jessie Lancaster, your host here in London. My guests today are Sarah Welsh and Farah Kabir, co-founders of Hanks, a sex-positive, good-looking, sustainable and gynae-backed sexual wellness brand. Farah and Sarah met when they attended the same sixth form school together, in chemistry class, no less. Sarah is the middle of three sisters. Her mother was a practice nurse and her father worked in some big name brands, including Nestle in the HR department. Farah, the youngest of her siblings, her father a restaurateur and her mother worked while also raising her four children. All of those children have gone on to be entrepreneurs. Sarah and Farah went on to live together at the University of Durham. Sarah following in her mother's footsteps and studying medicine, while Farah took on finance, although her dad would have loved for her to be a dentist. (laughs) Sarah moved to Newcastle for her junior doctor years, but by 2014 had moved to London, only a year after Farah had done the same. Their careers flourished with Sarah becoming a teaching fellow at Imperial College and Farah blazing a trail at Goldman Sachs. Sarah worked at the front line in hospitals and clinics for obstetrics and gynaecology and saw the taboos, myths and challenges of this field of medicine play out in women's lives every day. Their conversations as friends, practitioners and, well, as women, led to the idea of Hanks in 2018. And here we are today, where they lead a brand that speaks to women, a brand led by expertise to drive sexual health and expert wellness. Welcome. Thank you so much. And thanks for the lovely introduction, Jesse. That was really nice. No, yeah, well, it's lovely to have you here. Um, we've got some lovely topics that we'd like to talk to you about today, obviously with the idea of negotiation and uh, what's been going on in your world so the first um, the first question I would like to ask you both is, what do you think makes the difference between a person that has a great idea and a successful entrepreneur, which I'm certain we can call you two ladies? Thank you. Yeah, I mean, look, there's, there's so much and you hear all the time people saying, I had that idea or I could have done that or I've got this idea, but, you know, and no one ever really, a lot of the time, uh, you know, people don't go ahead with these ideas. So I think it's really a question. I think kind of embracing that unconventional path without hesitation is super key. Um, You know, for Farah and myself, we've never built a business before, but we have lots of experience in, in different areas that are really helpful in growing a business, building a business, understanding business. Um, I think taking the leap and just being willing to learn um, from day one, getting stuck in absolutely everything uh, that's, that the business entails is super important. Um, so, yeah, I think it's the huge the huge initial step is just taking the leap and actually putting everything into it because a lot of people can talk the talk, but actually, you know, physically launching and putting money where your mouth is, I guess, um, is, is super important. Yeah, I'd agree. And and I think also to add to that, calculating the risk. So there's lots of great ideas out there, but what is it about your idea that is different and that, you know, customers will buy into? And so doing the research um, in the industry also helps. Um, And I think also unconventional to say this, but a bit of naivety. I think that actually probably gave us a bit more gumption to go and try this idea because we we were young at the time and we thought, you know, 
what have we really got to lose by by trialing on this amazing idea that could change women's health and it worked it definitely did it's lovely to hear you say that it's um, so it's a combination of getting stuck in bit of naivety uh, thrown in for good measure and um, kind of researching your market and calculating the risk. What do you think, um, what do you think got got you stuck in? Because you kind of had to take that leap. How did you take that leap? I think, well, Thara and I actually, yeah, like you mentioned, Jesse, because we grew up together, we've known each other for a long time and obviously went into respective careers with, you know, very different career paths, um, very different skill sets. Um, But we both were really passionate about changing the sexual wellness industry for the better. And we felt we could see so many flaws in the the current brands and and products out there and and the taboos in the space was just so much that we felt we could change for the better um from ingredients that were kind to women's bodies to speaking in the right kind of language and being real and relatable as a brand to the sustainability aspect of the products so we got really excited about this idea and this brand and what we could do Um, so like farah said yeah we we researched the market we we did we surveyed over 2000 people to understand you know, is there a product? Is there a need for a product like like what we think there is a need for? Um, and so much research, visiting manufacturers, putting our lab coats back on, and you know, seeing different um, yeah condom manufacturers to start with. So, so yeah, I think kind of t- taking the leap was being passionate about what we were building, understanding the market a little bit more detail, um. And realising that actually, ultimately, to make a difference and to do what we need to do here, we have to be full time in this and not working elsewhere or having it as a side hustle. It needs to be our full focus. Um, and and our, our kind of experience complements each other nicely. And we we work really well together. We're, you know, we're very different in lots of ways, but but very similar in many. And I think, yeah, our, Farah's finance monkey, perfect, does everything. <laughs> spreadsheets which is very helpful because that's not my forte um so yeah so our, our skill sets complement each other so I think yeah helps too I, I think also so Sarah is uh my work wife friend confidant probably like we're married we're at the hip but we <laughs> yeah. have such different backgrounds you know Sarah being at the forefront uh, in the NHS working as guy doctor um I was in high pressure environments and investment banking um but having that commercial background like Sarah said you know being pretty good on the Excel helped, um, whilst having an expert like Sarah who can build out these amazing products that are, are truly endorsed medically and, and gynae backed. Um, yeah, I think the complementary skill sets definitely helped. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, it's, it's lovely to hear you describe that journey. You, you kind of started with that research, which brings us back to sort of where you met, um, where you met in that chemistry class all the way back in sixth form. So so you've got that kind of scientific background that links the two of you that sort of says this is you wanted to get to um, you wanted to get all of that research to get you to where you are now. And I love that, uh, you know, you've got your work wife and uh, confidant <laughs> to, to take you along that journey. Um but there's no doubt that you've entered a market that, you know, is dominated by huge brands. You know, if you look at a brand like Durex, it's made by Reckitt, which has a revenue of 13 billion back in, in 2021. You know, these are not small businesses. You've secured listings in Tesco, Boots, Sainsbury's. You know, what would you say is your has been your biggest negotiation lesson when being, you know, to put it mildly, the David versus the Goliath? Yeah, I think we were so passionate and solar about what we want to provide in women's health and serving that as a purpose and having that 
really drove home um, why we're different and why it's needed in the market. And ultimately, you know, we started with condoms and lubricants. We know that over 40% of purchases of condoms are actually made by women, yet there haven't been any brands out there on the shelf that have represented women. So there's an opportunity here that we clearly identified. And I think in terms of the negotiation process, sharing those stats definitely help. But going that one step beyond and sharing with the buyers that we know our market because we are the women that we're targeting. Um, and we've, you know, Sarah, as Sarah mentioned, we surveyed 2,000 women to really find out what they wanted in a brand and the products that we create. And so by sharing those insights um, and touch points about the consumer that larger brands can't ordinarily do very easily, I think that gave us a strong negotiation point with the retailers and they could clearly see that we were offering something different and understood how to sell to our core consumer. Yeah, and I think, you know, um, that the, the market was crying out for innovation uh, in a taboo area that hadn't changed in decades. Um, and because, you know, like Farah said, we we are our market and we know we know what we're talking about. and We've got the, the kind of data and also customer feedback to to back that up. Um, you know, the buyers would come to us to to ask for insights into the market. And, you know, that's a really telling, telling sign. Um, I think also just being human um with with the these these people in the negotiations you know they a lot of the time they they can also understand you know why there is a need for a product and a brand like ours um so kind of yeah using that to our advantage as well clearly you've got a product that is innovative you know it's got its unique selling points so when you go and you you're in front of those buyers you know I, I used to I worked in buying for 10 years I know that feeling when you when you see a product and you think wow these these guys have really thought about it they understand their market and it's it's great when somebody comes to you with something like that um, in terms of that balance of power how do you how do you manage the um, the fact that you know, this is something you're so passionate about. You know, it's your baby to a certain extent um, with your work wife. Um, how do you um, how do you manage those difficult commercial conversations when it is something that that means so much to you? Mm. Yeah, it's it's not easy, but I think understanding there's two points of views here, right? There's ours, and there's also the buyer and the retailer, and they have commercial targets, and so it's trying to find that midpoint that we're both comfortable with. Um, you know, hoping that they'll meet you in the middle uh, in the absence of being a huge, large brand with huge marketing budgets. Where else can we offer support? Um, and usually that's with the insights that we have on our consumers that we can share. Um, but also trying to find ways that you can make your buyer's life easier. What are the insights that they need to get these things signed off, um, you know, by the decision maker? Um, and and thinking sort of having that in the back pocket. What else can we give them beyond just these are the products and these are commercials that that they'd find value in? And I think being a challenger brand, we we do offer something different on shelf that the big dogs don't and can't. Um, you know, we are bringing a new consumer to their to their store. We are shaking up the whole space. Um, communicating, you know, positive messages within sexual wellness, for example, um, using more innovative. You know, we're quick to move. We're a small, lean team. Yes, we don't have the big budgets that we do, obviously, but we can be a bit guerrilla marketing with it and we can be fun with it. And social media is our friend. And, you know, things can, we, you know, we can, yeah, like I say, move quickly on campaigns and be a bit cheeky. And that is can be really beneficial for the, for the stores as well as us. 
Yeah, and I think because we are a lean small team, but we're super passionate and excited about this, we we've given ideas to the retailers that they haven't necessarily tried before with sexual health products. So, you know, our products sit on clip strips in beauty aisles, uh, femcare, deodorant. You know, this is a category that has been stale and hasn't really changed in over eight years. But we we're doing new things that are obviously increasing the basket size for the retailer as well and add an incremental value. Um, so yeah, we we do a bit of trialing and testing with, with other sales opportunities in the stores. It's it's lovely to hear you describe uh, that journey, that the David versus the Goliath, because so many of the things that you've described there, you know, for example, insights versus being able to offer huge marketing pots, uh, your ability to be agile because you're that smaller brand that uh, what you said, Sarah, uh, Sarah, there about the idea of being a little bit cheeky, doing the doing the things that the big brands maybe wouldn't quite get away with. Uh, these are all such you know appropriate negotiation behaviours. Tra- challenging the variables that you'd normally negotiate with and finding those explorative creative solutions um it really clearly it gives you that free reign to um to challenge like be that challenger brand um i have in fact seen your products on clip strips so uh, so it's definitely working what do you think is something that people seem to misunderstand about starting up a new business and also, what's one thing that your business has done for you as as people, as individuals, that you didn't expect it to do? I think a lot of uh, kind of non-startup friends think they have a good idea about what we do and that it's pretty simple. You know, we have an idea, get product produced, pitch, the money rolls in, pretty simple. But, you know, there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes that, um, you know, we put in a lot of work. It's a real roller coaster day in, day out. We learn a lot every day, meet new people all the time. Um, you know, Farah and myself are not the most stereotypical entrepreneurs. Um, you know, we're not a white man in a SaaS company. Um, and, you know, pitching and raising investment is is tough. Um, and I think it's something like pence for every pound of VC money goes to, to female founder companies. So, you know, really kind of up against it in that sense. Um, but yeah, we we kind of we've we've sacrificed a lot to build the company because we are so passionate about what we are building um, and and given up a lot in our in our previous respective careers. But I think people maybe in finance and medicine didn't realise, you know, they just thought this was a hobby or you know because condoms, you know, again, people find it quite funny. It was very <laughs> difficult to be taken seriously initially. Um, but you know, as we've grown, uh, that's obviously changed. So I think you know they've seen the the years of graft we put in for Hanks, and and that's kind of you know what's really paid off. It's quite funny actually because I remember in the early days people thought that we didn't work and we were just free. And you know, if they had a day off, they'd be like, oh, well, you can pop out. It's like, no, we actually have a job and we actually need to build a business. Um, and it's not easy, as Sarah said. There's a lot that goes on behind the scenes, long hours, um, you know, pulling as much help and resource we can get from from the team and advisors. And um I think the other thing to add is there is no guidebook here. There's no toolkit that you can go to to just start a business and tick a few boxes. You are learning on the job constantly. Um, and that can be anything from packing our very first order for boots with a few pallets on our own all the way to, you know, operational stuff, building a model, et cetera. Um, and, I, and I think that the thing to also add to that is, you know, Sarah and I do have very different backgrounds that were very you know, very skilled, high pressured, but 
I don't think anything can really prepare you for the entrepreneurial life. It, it's an absolute roller coaster. You constantly face challenges, no's, pushbacks, and you, you have to be resilient and build a thick skin um, to survive that. So maybe that uh, that first page of that guidebook, Farah, if you were writing it, would be be resilient. That's the that's that's yeah. lesson one in in the guidebook of being being an entrepreneur. Um, You mentioned, um, Sarah, at the beginning there about, you know, the sort of people maybe finding it funny what you're doing. You've you've gone from this uh, career in obstetrics and and gynecology as, you know, as a a practicing doctor um, into into this totally different career. What skills do you think you were able to bring from that world into into the entrepreneurial world other than other than resilience, as far as said? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, resilience, working under high high pressure, working, you know, long, difficult hours, working in a, in a team. So obviously, you know, when there's obstetric emergencies, teamwork is super, super important as, as it is in kind of a startup uh, building a business. I, I think there's, you know, as a medic and, and kind of my gynecological experience as well has been super important in building the products for Hank. So, you know, what ingredients are we using, what not, you know, what do we want the pH of the lubricant to be? So it's kind to the vaginal flora and not causing irritation or recurrent thrush or infections and you know all of that kind of backing is you know really informed our our uh, new product developments and um what we do and don't include in, in our products and content so all the kind of uh, medically backed content on our site you know we want to be a brand that is legitimate you are medical devices at the end of the day we need you know this needs to be something that people trust um so so having that kind of sound medical backing and research is super super important um but yeah i think there's there's so many skills that have, have come from from in medicine in general that have helped um helped in business and like you know i've also learned loads and learned lots from far i did not know how to use an excel spreadsheet before <laughs> and now i'd say i'm probably level two <laughs> i love it um, and it, you know kind of just building the business i think is probably made you know definitely made us better friends um you know we've we've been through ups and downs together we understand you know how each other uh, uh, leads a company and uh, works under pressure and you know super proud of like how Farah's you know pitching for investment a lot and like how she does her role and different you know so there's so much we've um kind of experienced together through building the company as well yeah thanks Sarah likewise <laughs> Oh, so it, it's um it's really it's really interesting to hear you uh, describe that that journey in terms of um in terms of kind of I've, I've been on your website it's you can really feel that uh that passion that knowledge you talked about being that challenger brand and uh, that opportunity to be that uh, that cheeky brand it was it's lovely to to see what what that brand is all about so tell me what's next for your business um, and how are you going to use the lessons that you've learned along this journey together um, to make the next step or the next phase in this journey a success? Yeah, so we, we're constantly learning, as I said, and, you know, if there's any mistakes we make in the business, we don't see them as mistakes. They're just, OK, right, how do we move forwards and what did we learn from that? And um, how can we do it better next? In terms of the the business, we're at a really exciting stage. So, you know, we've spent the last five years building trust and authority in the sexual wellness space, which it is, you know, mainly archaic and stale. And we have disrupted that. We're the only challenger brand that actually sits on shelf next to these archaic brands. But the most important thing for us is that trust and authority. 
and the fact that these are, you know, medical devices and we have a gani doctor on the co-founding team. Like that is the ultimate stamp of approval that we are, you know, our products are legitimate and they work. And now that we've been able to to build that authority in the space and be that voice for women, we're actually um, building out other products and services that really connect the milestones of women's health all the way from your first period to your first time having sex, first child, menopause and beyond. Because we don't see that anywhere in the market, a one-stop place where women can you know, come to our site, whether it's for product services or content, community and support, which is uh, another part of our site that is really exciting you know we've got a we've got a chat room a bit like mum's app without your mum where people can ask for advice recommendations on anything from fertility life relationships sex etc yeah and I think just kind of we've learned that staying close to our customers is super important so whether that be from you know surveys to meetups to kind of calling with our most engaged uh, customers um you know they're they're the core of what we're building and we're always listening to them and um yeah, there are there are focus. You mentioned trust and authority, and um, really kind of building that community. That's it's about it's a advice, and it's about keeping the customer at heart. Um, I love that you've talked about that journey as well. The journey that every every woman goes through from first period all the way through to uh, to menopause. If you were going to give a piece of advice to um, anybody listening that's running a large organisation um, that could bring some of uh, some of the magic that Hanks has uh, with women kind of going on that journey, what do you think? Uh, what advice do you think you would give to them? listen to your customer it can literally be as simple as emailing one of your customers and asking how they found the purchase you know you know could they give any feedback our our earliest um you know like our ambassadors of hangs are often our like first ever customers who have come uh, to product development workshops they've gotten involved and told us what they want next for the brand etc and i think um I feel like sometimes big corporates aren't as in touch with their consumer. Um, and that's something that I think we've done quite well. And that's ultimately shaped the future of, of the products that we build and the services we offer. Well, thank you for that lovely piece of advice um, to leave us with. It's been wonderful meeting meeting you both. I wish you every success with the next uh, next phase. And for anyone who's interested, if you want to get to know more about Hanks, you want to go to H-A-N-X, that's hanksofficial.com to find out more about these incredible products that have been created by Sarah and Farah. So that's everything for us this week and hopefully see you back here soon. Thanks so much. Thank you.